0: All right. professionals, Professionals and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's cannabis industry voice
1: begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications and Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Bob Morgan. Bob is an attorney who has provided regulatory and policy services for the cannabis industry and was a member of NCIA, but is now running for state legislature in Illinois. He was also the first statewide project coordinator for the state of Illinois Medical Cannabis Pilot Program. Welcome, Bob, to the show. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so let's back up. Tell me a bit about your background, uh, your history, what you've been doing over the years.
2: Uh, great. Uh, well, thanks again for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm a healthcare lawyer by background. I was born and raised here in Illinois went to college and law school here, I've been working in the healthcare world ever since, um, both as a consultant, as an attorney, and then also in government services.
1: Got it. So obviously, that sounds like uh, a good way to segue into what got you interested in doing work in the cannabis industry. I mean, obviously, it has to do with health and medicine. But what was that moment where you said, yep, I'm going, going to work in cannabis?
2: Well, it it really came about as a regulatory role. Um I was working in Illinois state government for a number of years again as, as a healthcare lawyer, and around two thousand twelve Illinois started to look through its legislature about passing some sort of heavily regulated medical marijuana law. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time there's really nobody in state government who had experience specifically in that as it was really a brand new program for state government. Um, And at the time I was working in the governor's office as the governor's healthcare lawyer. Uh, And so I had a responsibility for healthcare and environmental legal issues. And the medical cannabis program was really shaping up to fill both of those boxes. Uh, And uh, so they needed somebody who was going to really jump into it from the the standpoint of a regulator and uh, an attorney. Uh, And that was how I first was introduced to the industry.
1: Got it, wonderful. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch Illinois um, as they approved medical and have continued to make adjustments to the program. Last year, they added PTSD as a condition. Is that correct? That's right. That's good progress to see. Uh, Any other thoughts about where the program is right now?
2: It's really interesting to see what's happened here. Again, we passed our law in 2013, and it went into effect in 2014. Uh, so we're only a few years into the program for medical here in Illinois. Uh, but what's really interesting to me is to see the national conversation and the way in which the medical marijuana program in Illinois fits within the trends nationally in terms of what people think of with regards to medical cannabis. And so when we were developing our law in 2013, it was the same time where recreational states like Colorado and Washington were developing their programs. And they were able to look to places like Illinois Even though we were brand new with regards to this kind of program, we had a specific set of expertise that other states didn't in places like agriculture and lab testing. And so we've been able to play this role in this national movement that's happening. Um, But Illinois certainly has a long way to go as we're still medical. There's still a lot of patients that are suffering that do not have access to our program here in Illinois.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so, so now you're part of this movement in industry, you're, you're elbow deep in, like many of us, and, and you even practiced law on behalf of cannabis companies, and you were an active member of NCIA. Now, you're running for state legislature, you just have plenty of free time, I guess, but <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so tell me more about running for state legislature in Illinois and why you're running at this time.
2: Yeah, great question. Thank you. That this is this is a movement nationally. Of course, there's a lot of things happening politically, uh, but more than anything, Illinois state government is facing a lot of challenges. And the issues that care that matter most to me, I'm I've been a Democrat and part of the Democratic Party um, because of my values and my core beliefs. And to see some of those basic things really threatened, both in Springfield, Illinois, but also at, at the federal level. That was what motivated me to get more involved, seeing uh, the lack of social services funding, um, just the lack of progress on on criminal justice issues, uh, on women's right to choose, all these core issues that really are being threatened throughout the country and also here in Illinois. And the idea that I would sit back and not step up to try and fight for these things that I care most deeply about for myself, for my family, for my children, those are really at the core why I decided to run.
1: Wow. Are there uh, other folks running in competition with you uh, that that you feel maybe have more experience or maybe have been in the system longer, or do you feel like you have a really good chance of stepping into this role?
2: Uh, I have a unique set of experiences, again, both being a healthcare lawyer that used to work in state government and having worked on some very difficult, complicated issues uh, and seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, but also being a member of the community that I, I live in, and really, I think, representative of the of the people and the values uh, that the community wants to represent them. Um, I, right now, am the only Democrat in the race. Uh, the primary will be next March and the general election next November. So there's a long time between now and the election, um, but I, I think it will be a, a tough election, but um, I think the community is looking for, for somebody who's going to represent them the way that, our campaign is really uh, looking to do it.
1: Excellent. Uh, so, so the cannabis movement and and the health of legitimizing the industry in Illinois will that be part of your platform and conversation in addition to the other things that you were mentioning that you
2: care deeply about? I think healthcare is is really the. Probably the number one focus that I have in this campaign given my background and the areas in which I think Illinois can Do so much more to benefit people whether they're struggling to pay for their health insurance or uh, The the ability to to get a doctor or a specialist that they need for themselves or their loved ones Those are the types of issues. I'm going to be focusing on and combined with the fact that I have experience in particularly the healthcare industry and including regulating this really highly highly uh, regulated and and restricted medical cannabis program and developing a program like that, those are experiences uh, that I'm really going to carry with me in terms of running as somebody who can get down to Springfield and make a difference. Mm,
1: excellent. Yeah, I was just interviewing uh, Kavon Bari, whom you may know here in Colorado, um, who's been involved in several businesses, and he also is running for a seat. Uh, he's running for mayor of Denver, actually. So it's interesting to see folks that have experience in the cannabis industry as well as other industries, especially in Kavon's case, that are stepping up and taking a role in government, in in leading the people, in policy. Uh, So it's comforting for me. And the questions I want to ask you later in the interview is the value of having people who have cannabis industry experience and what they can take with them into other more broader roles. Uh, we have just a minute or two left here before we have to take a commercial break. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Bob, what is your favorite thing about being a resident of Illinois? I know you talked about the values of your community and Obviously, you you love your home state enough that you want to give back and and be part of the state legislature. So, h- how are you feeling about seeing Illinois move into the future? And what's what's your favorite part of being a resident?
2: Illinois is an amazing place to live, and uh, we might have really tough winters, but we have <laughs> an amazing community of people with diversity of culture and and art and education and amazing opportunities with tech startups and academic medical research centers, Um, a lot of people come to Chicago because it's a great uh, community and state with opportunities for people. uh, But those things are all in jeopardy as Springfield has this paralysis around it, of people that can't work together anymore to fight for the things that make Illinois great. So I'm very hopeful for the future, but it's going to take a lot of work. And that's one of the reasons I'm running.
1: Awesome. So so do you think uh, the Obamas are going to move back anytime soon? Do you miss them?
2: <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's funny. I, I don't know that they're going to spend a lot of time here in Chicago. I think uh, Hawaii offers a little bit more for them in terms of the weather. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it's exciting for us to see what the plans are for the Obama Library and Foundation here. Uh, as we start to talk about what the, the community can do in a post-Obama presidency to, to move forward with some of these ideals that started in his presidency, but certainly didn't end when he when he left office in January
1: yeah yeah he certainly inspired an era for sure um okay well we need to take a quick commercial break uh but please stay tuned to ncia's cannabis industry voice on cannabis radio and we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes to talk more with state legislature candidate bob morgan stay tuned
0: ncia's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors CannabisRadio.com
3: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network.
0: Get informed Get inspired And get connected With more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice Only on CannabisRadio.com
1: Alrighty, we're back On NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice On Cannabis Radio I'm your host Bethany Moore and if you're just joining us we're speaking with Bob Morgan. He's running for a position in the state legislature in the state of Illinois. Welcome back. All right, Bob. So, state legislature. Tell me tell me what that means. What does the role of this seat embody and getting into the nitty-gritty, what kinds of tasks will you be focused on when you're in that role?
2: Like most states, we have a state legislature, and most states have a House and a Senate, as we do here in Illinois, and there are about 180 legislators, uh, roughly 59 state senators and 118 state legislators, state representatives, and they represent the entire state. Uh, People they're from the southernmost part of the state to the northernmost part, Chicago, Peoria, Juliet, everything in between. Mm -hmm. And so it's a legislature that deals with a whole range of issues from criminal justice, to education funding, to dealing with our budget, which is really what stymied a lot of our progress over the last few years. Uh, so running for one of these positions means that I'm looking to to serve as the elected representative in specifically the 58th district which is in the north suburbs of Chicago, uh, where we represent a variety of different communities, specifically uh, Deerfield, Highland Park, Highwood, Lake Forest, uh, Lake Bluff, or a few of the towns in the north suburbs of Chicago. And it's a diverse community, uh, diverse in socioeconomic background, diverse in terms of uh, the, the degrees and the, the professions in which people serve and the where they are in terms of the walks of life. Uh, and so running for state legislature means I'm looking to represent all of them uh, and to yet be one of 118 where a majority is needed to pass any legislation.
1: Got it. Got it. So it sounds like you'll be doing a lot of listening and then and then really getting down to business um so what specifically what what goal like here's the one thing i want to accomplish if you're elected into this seat or or the three things this is this is my battle cry here's what i want to do
2: every legislator every state representative has a two-year term so the earliest that i could start in being a legislator and representing the 58th district would be january 2019 and when that happens, I would have two years to try and make a difference, which in the scheme of passing a law, not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I would really jump in focusing on the area where I know I know it best and where I can make a biggest difference, which, again, is is really health care. Um, again, I alone could not achieve anything because I would be one of many in the legislature. But what I would focus on is using my experience as a healthcare policy attorney and really bringing together a diverse array of of healthcare experts from hospitals and doctors to nursing homes and healthcare advocates and tech- technology companies and academic research centers and try and figure out a better way to have, provide and create a system of healthcare in Illinois. Uh, we get billions of dollars every year from taxes that go towards our healthcare. And we can be so much more efficient to make sure more people have health insurance coverage, make sure we have a better, better system for, for Medicaid than those that can't afford insurance. But also those that are lower uh, socioeconomic background that don't don't quite qualify for Medicaid, but whose Mm -hmm. health insurance rates and premiums keep going up at year after year. Small business owners who are really struggling to pay for their insurance coverage for their employees. Those are all things that we really aren't having a, a serious, intellectually honest conversation about in Illinois. And that's where I would really focus my efforts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The healthcare issue is huge for all of us nationwide and and watching Congress try to make a decision about the path forward is a bit nerve-wracking, I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's go back to Illinois and cannabis for a bit. Um, I think we covered this briefly earlier before, but could you give us a little overview of what's going on in Illinois with cannabis legislature and then talk about the evolution over the last couple of years leading to this point?
2: Our industry here, again, uh, went into effect in January of 2014 uh, after we had our application process and rulemaking and businesses began their operations. Our industry here started in late 2015 uh, with the initial sales to patients. Mm -hmm. That now has grown to about 25,000 people in Illinois that are registered medical cannabis patients. Um, It's a lot fewer than I expected, and I think the vast majority of people involved with developing the program. Felt would happen. Uh, and so now the question is where is this program going to go? Is is it showing, is it substantially uh, validating itself in terms of better health care for people or people feeling better and living healthier lives because they have access to medical cannabis instead of mm-hmm. use for, of opioids or other addictive medications? And those are the questions I think we're just starting to, to look at because we're still in the medical mindset. Uh, the legislature clearly limits it to just medical. Uh, At the same time, this ongoing and really increasing uh, opioid epidemic is, is really something I think we have to face. And that discussion is happening right now with public health bodies, but also in the state legislature and politically about what are we going to do about it? And where does the medical cannabis industry and program fit in with all of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and on the topic of that opioid crisis issue that is, is getting more traction in the public discussion, last year, uh, NCIA, National Cannabis Industry Association, published a white paper um, called Cannabis, a Promising Option for the Opioid Crisis, and and that talks in in terms of the research surrounding those who are using cannabis as an exit drug rather than what people typically say in that it's a gateway drug to other harder drugs we have found the opposite we have found that cannabis helps those who have gotten addicted to harder opioids get off of of that really debilitating Um, addiction. Um, And for anybody that wants more information, you can access that white paper by going to www.thecannabisindustry.org slash cannabis and opioids. Really cool information in there. Um, So uh, plugging that NCIA white paper. I hope it's useful for anybody who happens to hear that. Again, it's thecannabisindustry.org slash cannabis and opioids. Um, that's, that's continuing that conversation along. Um, so, what do you see happening in Illinois as far as the growing pains and perhaps even the future of adult use cannabis?
2: Those are all conversations happening right now. You alluded to the real question of what role does medical cannabis have relative to the opioid epidemic? Uh, And that's something just a few days ago, a leading state senator in Illinois um, uh, proposed some uh, legislation that would add opioid dependency as a medical condition that allows a patient to get a card to be a medical cannabis patient in Illinois. Wow. Uh, That, of course, is still pending. Uh, but that is a real interesting question of whether or not that's where this program should head. Um, from my perspective, anybody who's suffering, anybody who is really struggling with pain and chronic pain conditions that that really don't have any other options. The idea that they're being prohibited from access to medical cannabis is something that I, I just strongly uh, believe is is a problem from a public health perspective because um, again, I'm always really, My perspective and my lens is coming from the healthcare and public health perspective. And I think from that measure and that metric, we're not succeeding because there's still tens of thousands of people that are really suffering and the strict, really heavily regulated program that was designed by by political animals in the state legislature at the time where it was still really conservative and it was very difficult to pass the first time. And we're still, we're kind of standing still in terms of where the program is right now, uh, in part because of our governor. Uh, who really has indicated not a fan, to say the least, of our medical cannabis program. Mm, uh, those it. are all discussions that are happening right now about where are we going to head. Uh, there also was the introduction of recreational marijuana legislation uh, by leading state senator and state re- uh, representative. So Illinois is starting to have those conversations. Um, to me, it's still a little too early to see where we're headed with all of it. Uh, but I think that as we continue to try and improve and and mature this program for medical cannabis, that's where I really want to focus and um, just making sure that we're providing access to this medicine for those that are really suffering the most.
1: That's great. It sounds like if that were added as a condition, that m- I'm pretty sure that's a first. Is that correct? Yeah, It would, that,
2: it would be yeah. among the first. I think a few states that already have recreational have started to uh, harken back for their medical program on opioid addiction, but yep. it would be a significant step.
1: Totally. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, let's take uh, one more commercial break, and then we'll be back to continue our discussion with Bob Morgan from Illinois. So please stay tuned. NCIA's
0: Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network.
2: approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Straightwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process.
0: Get informed, get inspired and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're wrapping up our conversation with Bob Morgan, previously or currently, I believe, still an attorney uh, with experience providing regulatory and policy services for the cannabis industry, and who is now running for a seat in state legislature in Illinois. Um, So your law firm, Much Shellist, did I say that correctly? Yeah,
2: you got that right.
1: Whew, great. Um, <laughs> Much shellist, which serves the cannabis industry, as as we've mentioned. Um, you were a member of NCIA, and now you're shifting your focus to your campaign in Illinois. What reasons did you decide to get involved in the National Association NCIA and? in the important work that we're doing and what's most important to you about what NCIA is doing?
2: To me, NCIA is clearly one of the preeminent organizations nationally that's trying to focus on elevating the industry to a level of professional standards and sophistication that I think most people in the industry and certainly from my perspective want to see um. So they're doing the work that most industry professions in, around the country in any number of things, whether it's physicians and nurses, to pharmacists and pharmaceutical companies, uh, the level of sophistication is something that uh, was probably long overdue. And NCIA has really been focusing on the ways to further the interests of those that are trying to create a strong, heavily regulated, and, and really an industry with integrity. And that was one of the reasons why NCIA is, is doing such important work, primarily in D.C., as the, the discussions for so long have been really focused on all these long-held, uh, antiquated beliefs that aren't based in reality about what cannabis can be or should be. Uh, and so that was really the reason that I was attracted to NCIA and the work that it was doing uh, with an industry that certainly historically has, by definition, been unregulated unre- and, and underground.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I'm encouraged to see folks, as I mentioned earlier, folks like yourself and Kayvon taking their experiences and and taking it into into government. Um, So would you encourage other NCIA members who... You know, I, I joke with Kayvon about how busy he is and how much he does. He's involved in his businesses. He's in, involved in giving back to the community. And I joke with him like, oh, so you don't need sleep anymore, obviously. Um, but NCIA members, although they're very busy with this, you know, complex cannabis industry that they're working around, should they have extra time, uh, would you encourage them to get involved in some level of government and,
2: and to not be suing that? I would encourage everybody, um, not as a cop-out. I would really encourage everybody to get involved with government at some level. I, I've always really personally just been committed to public service because I, I just see it as something that's really undervalued, but also something that's part of our obligation to really, if we have an issue with something government's doing, we have to try and fix it. And I think the vast majority of people would, would agree that government's inefficient or br- not not working the way it should or broken or not working towards their interests. And the only way that's going to change is if individuals step up and stand up and, and really demand that things change by serving as a leader in that role, by running for elected office. Um, so I definitely would encourage people considering that. Uh, to run and to be involved in the conversation because that's the only way that they're going to have representatives that reflect the communities they live in. Uh, so I absolutely agree, uh, whether it's members of the NCIA or people that are listening to this who have no relationship to the industry. You know, running for elected office is a humbling experience, but it, it we live in a, in a country in which we have the ability to represent ourselves in the way that we see fit. And we're really, really lucky to live in this kind of democracy and republic. And the only way we get to keep that level of freedom is if we all fight for the issues that we care about, uh, and as opposed to sitting idly by as as uh, the country might go in a direction that we don't support.
1: That's so true. And as I've as I've said, and and have heard others say, especially in the cannabis industry, but it applies more globally. If you don't have a seat at the table, you are on the menu, which sounds a little uh, morbid, but it is true. If, if you don't like what's happening, then you have to pull up a seat and be a part of the conversation. Um, so... It's been a pleasure talking with you today, Bob, and I look forward to seeing you at NCI events in the future in our Midwest region. We often come through Chicago for our quarterly cannabis caucus events. Um, And then, of course, if you want to connect with the industry again even sooner, um, of course, our January caucuses are happening. uh, But also in February is our Seed to Sale show here in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more information by going to seedtosaleshow.com. So, Bob, I hope to see you at one of those events. And I thank you again for being on the show. And if you want to share a website where people can get more information about you, please do.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Bethany. Anyone with more information uh, can find me at my website, uh, www.bobmorganforillinois.com, Illinois spelled out, or facebook.com backslash Bob Morgan, F O R. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be on here.
1: Awesome. Thank you again, Bob. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. See you later.